0: Welcome to an all new episode of Full Court Press. Sorry that we did not give you a second episode last week. That was my fault. That was completely my fault. Um, but that being said, we're here today. We have the usual suspects. <laughs> i just going with this man, Chase, his name. Too. <laughs> we have the usual suspects, but we also have a special guest with us today. You guys may have heard him on Diamond Talk. Uh, fun fact, honestly. At the conception of a lot of these podcasts, this man was supposed to be a part of a good number of them but um, his niche really is uh baseball, whereas he has knowledge in other sports so welcome in my my brother known him for eight years and counting no it's been over eight years known you since two thousand and eight <laughs> wow, it's fourteen years Raji wow, okay, bet uh my brother rob rican Hayes Mauricio.
1: Hey, yeah, what's going on, fellas? Glad to be on this episode of Full Court Press. Uh, definitely like Abe was saying, you know, I wish I could be on more basketball podcasts and more football podcasts and wrestling podcasts and things like that. But you know, everybody got a tight schedule. And sometimes you can only do one thing. So, you know, there's there's just one shit that you gotta hold down sometimes. So uh, yeah, we're doing that. Um, and yeah, we're on a basketball podcast. So, in terms of a fandom, um, I am Unfortunately, for the majority of the last two decades, that I've been a fan of basketball, a New York Knicks fan. But, you know, I'm here to uh I'm here to talk about some painful times and 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 hopefully to spread some optimism as well. Well, if
0: it means anything, Rob, we always say it on this platform. Basketball is great when MSG is playing playing meaningful games, meaningful games. So Here's to your Knicks. Hopefully they get it started. Everybody else, introduce yourselves, except except the one who shall
2: not be named. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to skip over him. Yeah, just, um, it's going to be fun talking about the Knicks because there's a lot of positives, but there's a lot of pain that came to get to those positives. So I'll leave it at that because, I mean, the Knicks have been through enough.
3: <laughs> I'll reiterate what Brian said. Uh, it's definitely going to be fun talking about the Knicks. It's a love-hate relationship with the Knicks, you know, being a New Yorker, but it's been an interesting, I want to say, two years and even going back to the things that set up to this current Knicks team. So definitely excited to talk about them.
4: Man, the Knicks. Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you about them Knicks,
0: Bull. You don't even have a contract.
4: My are you the away on the fuzz?
0: What are you doing? Knicks
4: memory is Jeff Van Gundy dragging on a certain man's legs who will not be named during a brawl. Against the Heat, and then I, so that's my case.
0: You
3: guys, yes. Are you doing favorite Knicks memories? I could, I could come up with one real quick, but it won't mm-hmm. be as accurate. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Knicks get in Amari Stoudemire. Before that, like, I, I felt like the Knicks weren't getting anything, and whatever people want to say about Amari at that time, like he had a great year post. I'm um, sorry, pre-Melo, and and try to make it work. You know, when other acquisitions were being gotten, so. I'd probably that
2: say a, that. That in and of itself is a big what if in Nick's history, right? I mean, the Mello Stoudemire, Duo, that should have been – and then CP3 coming in 2013. It was all, it was all there, right? I mean – Let's not talk was, CP3. Well, that's fair. But, I mean, the other two were there. And, I mean, there was just so – it felt like when Mello and Stoudemire were playing, like, you you felt the energy that, like, oh, I get to see two of the best, like, 20 players in the league, 15 best players in the league play together. But then Amari had that knee injury. was never really the same. And then Melo just kind of like, you know, they, the team they surrounded him with, the Knicks, I mean, they were decent. They had that one playoff run where they swept the Knicks. They swept the Celtics. And Melo should have won MVP that year, by the way, too, because Melo uh, was the same. They were that, saying that Amari year. didn't have
3: cartilage in his knees as a Nick, Like, he was doing all that with, like, his bones just rubbing against
2: each other. Which is even <laughs> crazier than you really think about it, because that dude was still a very solid player. For uh,
0: sure. So, yeah, we're not going to do next memories. We're, we're, we're moving
2: on. My favorite um, Knicks memories went Bernard <laughs> King Oh, my goodness. Bernard. Bernard. Hold on, hold on. Also, <laughs> Hunt, NBA Hall of Famer Bernard King.
4: There you go. See, I'm tired of Abe disrespecting me when i Didn't you? Did, isn't this your second Valuable, valuable input.
0: Your second time. You know what? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I do apologize for um, my former co-host, uh, Scandalous, Salacious Ways. Uh, again, like I said, we haven't re-signed him to a new contract. He just keeps stowing away on the team bus. It's crazy. Um, security is not doing their job. So CJ, uh, we have to talk about upgrading security to to make sure undesirables aren't um, getting on the on the in our facilities. That being said, uh, oh well, I guess the next next topic is to continue to talk about the Knicks. All right, <laughs> gentlemen let's look at the last two years of Knicks basketball and just give our general thoughts on their direction. Um, Last two years of Knicks basketball, they've definitely been surprising in terms of how, of where they are and how they got there to kind of disappointing by showing their typical uh, past ways in terms of not managing to to finish strong. Um, We talk about Julius Randle, Rob, I know how much Julius Randle frustrated you, especially with them spin moves in the, in the post. <laughs> Every time he go for a spin move, it'd be like, "Well, and that's a Knicks turnover." But especially. then he 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 came back. He came back. He improved a lot last season. But when it got to the postseason, he just just floundered. You guys have a lot of young talent. You know, RJ Barrett. You've been on the RJ Barrett train since day one. You know, being a Duke fan and whatnot. Well, we always have belief in our boy. Um, you you love Obi Top and the energy he brings quickly and all that stuff. So there's still hope. And mind you, Osan, we've, we've talked about this ourselves. When they hired Tom Thibodeau, we felt like, okay, this can work because this is a coach that brings discipline. You know, this is a coach that preaches defense. So he's going to get these young guys together and help build a culture. But I myself didn't feel like it was a long-term solution. I felt like this was a stopgap. And well, he's still here. And there are, there are shining moments for sure. There's moments of promise. Pieces still need to be added. Pieces still need to be added. And you know, you guys recently got Cam Reddish already got two of the Duke big three on, on the same roster. Zion coming soon. We'll, we'll see. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. They made postseason. They were like the fourth seed last year. This year we'll see how they do, but they're at least facing the right direction. They're facing the right direction. And that's, You know, we couldn't say that in previous years. You know, the last time we we felt like the Knicks were moving in the right direction was the mellow season when got to the playoffs. Unfortunately, you run into LeBron James and not everybody can beat LeBron James. But it's been a while. And I also want to speak on Dolan. Dolan has received a lot of criticism, justifiably so. However, I applaud him for at least not interfering as much as he normally does he's finally the same way he deals with the rangers really where he's kind of hands off always felt he needed to be that same way with the knicks let the knicks cook because you hire these people you're supposed to trust them let them do their job and when you do that good things happen stop stop getting in the spotlight stop instigating stops just stop let your let your pieces work for you so i'll give uh dolan props for that rob Nick Superfan talk to us what have what have been your general thoughts over the past two years and the direction that the Knicks are going?
1: yeah no um i think I think the Knicks absolutely are are headed in in the right direction. I think you know, different from past seasons where uh you hear a lot of the fans this year talking about let the young guys play, let the young guys play, yeah, uh, if you go back three or four years, you've heard that same, let the young guys play. For, for, the, for the Knicks as well, but it's different this time because the let the young guys play thing is actually for a group of talented young players, right? I don't think the Knicks have had this group of talented young players. You can't, you going back to the, I think the second half of the 2018 draft, because the Knicks did have that first round pick and they did use it on Kevin Knox. Um, even though there were much better players, you know, that came on after Kevin Knox, but they also did take Mitchell Robinson in that second round. And in the years that have been that have come since that, you know, you're talking R.J. Barrett, you're talking Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, Deuce McBride, some of these guys who you a lot of people don't even know about because unless you're watching Nick games, you know, and and at the same time, Thibodeau, who's known for not really, you know, running young guys like that. Um, is not giving some of these guys the time that they deserve i've i've had conversations uh, about this with abe i i've had a conversation about this with with jabari like yo i'm at the point where like quentin grimes is a legitimate nba level starter like like and, and that and that's serious like he doesn't receive the minutes but give quentin grimes the same the same minutes that you're giving evan fournier and i guarantee you quentin grimes will show you that he's already an nba level starter I'm not saying that he's a special kind of player or anything like that. I'm just saying he's a player who understands his role. He's, he can be a top level three and three and D guy. And, you know, it, it's about if if guys are out playing veterans, you have to run the young guys. I don't understand what the obsession is with running veterans. Like, sure, people are going to say, oh, the guys that are receiving the money should be playing. But no, that 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 should not be the case. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to win games like if the young guys, if the young guys are our are clearly showing you through the eye test, through, through the, the, the plus or minus, the stats, whatever you want to look at, honestly, whether you're watching the games or whether you're watching the stats, we're at the point of the season where we're 50 games in, both the eye test and the stats are telling you the same thing. They're telling you that the Knicks are a much better team when Julius Randle is not playing basketball on the floor. And even if you look at, uh, even if you look at all the numbers, all the numbers point to that direction. You want, look, I've said, th- I've said this for a while. I don't understand what the obsession with Julius Randle is. Like, I know what he did for us last season, and I respect that. Absolutely. Julius Randle put the Knicks on the map. I'm not denying none of that. But people have seemed to forgotten that since 2019, this should have been RJ's team. We are moving forward with RJ Barrett. The keys should be in RJ Barrett's hands. And guess what? Whether you want to put them in his hands or not, he's already taken them. RJ Barrett has has already led the team. RJ Barrett has 15 games leading the Knicks in scoring to Julius Randle's 11 this season. He's already taken the keys out of your hands, whether you want to give it to him or not. So, it, I mean, it's that simple. Whether the Knicks move Julius this trade deadline or the next, that's going to be up to them. But, I mean, I don't understand what the obsession with some of the fandom is with Julius Randle when you knew that Julius Randle was not, was not a long-term piece. Like, the, yes, we signed them to that extension. Absolutely. Because any front office would assign them to that extension. It was the smart thing to do. But at the same time, it's like, did you really think that Julius Randle in the next two or three seasons was going to lead us to a title or to an Eastern conference final as the number one guy for this team? Like the Knicks still don't have that. I still don't think that RJ Barrett is the number one guy to lead us to, to a title, but can he be a solid number two for a potential number one guy once the Knicks are better situated? Because Again, people can laugh at the Knicks though and everything, but the facts are there. The Knicks are going to do have the ability to create the cap space because they've signed these players to reasonably friendly contracts. They can, they can pretty much move any deal that they want. Like Think about the fact that a lot of people will tell you that Julius Randle's extension is the worst deal that the Knicks have, and it's a four-year, $117 million deal. Even if you want to look at the Evan Fournier deal... He's still, after this season, he has two years on it with a third-year option left. Like, it's not that crazy of a deal. Like, the Knicks can move any contract. The Knicks have young pieces to move and young pieces that team want, right? The joke has always been, oh, what do the Knicks have that other teams are going to want? Teams are calling about Emmanuel quickly. Teams are calling about Obi Toppin. Teams are calling about Quentin Grimes. Teams, hey, teams are calling about R.J. Barrett, but they're getting the phone hung up because this team is going to run through R.J. Barrett. Like, I don't understand what the obsession is but the Knicks are getting calls about the young players. I wonder why, like, it's, it's a very, it's a very like reasonable thing. Now I don't know what's going to happen at the deadline. There's this big rumor of, Oh, like, well, the Knicks move Julius for like a De'Aaron Fox out of Sacramento or whatever. Like, who knows? You still have to build a package off of that. That's going to, that's going to involve, you know, few first round picks and and a bunch of other moves. But again, I don't know if moving Julius is going to be the move this year, but um, you know, I, I tagged I tagged Dave and Jabari uh, uh, on a video on Twitter the other day. The, the fact is there. Julius's body language is completely destroyed. His body language is absolutely destroyed. I don't care. Yo, even if he was putting up the stats, his body language is destroyed. He's leaving teammates on the ground, like being next to teammates, not even reaching a handout to help a teammate back up. Like I don't... And I'm not even making that big of a deal of like the videos that people are posting of him sitting by himself on the bench or whatever. We've seen other stars do that as well. I get that. Like, sure. Like he should be, he should be on the huddle more, but like, yo, his body language has been such a negative this year. And when you combine that with his play, I mean, he himself is making himself an, like he's, he's building his own exit. Like he's building his own exit out of New York. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, sure. Could, could the Knicks potentially like risk, you know. Betting on a bounce back season from Julius next year, maybe, but no, I I think the correct move is going to be at, at the, at the minimum, you have to move Julius in the off season. Like, even if you hold on to it for this year, if you, if you accept the fact that, oh, we might not make the playoffs or whatever, but I don't know. I'm on team move Julius, but I'm also on team doing things the right way, doing things the smart way, like the Knicks have been doing through all their, their moves and things like that. And I and like I think they're going to keep on doing. But yeah, I think they're at they're at a point now where it's very clear when you watch all the games, this team is RJ Barrett's team and they're going to find success quicker if they hurry up and get on that train as well.
0: Jabari, how do you follow <laughs> that up? How
3: do you follow that up? Yo? I was just about to get into it. It's, it's hard to, to yeah, follow up. Yeah, let's up go. Rob. Let's go
1: point by point. It's fine. It, it, it's, it's hard
3: to follow up Rob on the topic of the Knicks, but but I'll try like to start off with the good, um, the greatest actually, the greatest thing about this organization right now would be their selection of R.J. Barrett in in 2019. Um, on you see it on the court, but before R.J. Barrett had it figured out on the court, he was always a great kid. He's only 21, uh, turning 22 later a couple months. Um, he's <laughs> his development has been crazy, and and his attitude he's been raised right. He's um. Son of a basketball player, um, I believe his godfather is Steve Nash, ain't it? Um, <laughs> so RJ Barrett, he's always had to figure it out. He's like a, a great face of an organization like the Knicks because um, he's a humble guy. So I'll say he's the the biggest plus right now. And what the Knicks did, I'd say two years back, with basically changing their whole front office. Um, two years back, they got rid of everyone except for, I think, Scott Perry. They brought in Leon Rose um, and hired, hired a few guys that, that I'd argue have been doing the, the best that they can. You know, they, it hasn't been much options for the Knicks and that's more due to reputation um, than anything else. When you look at the free agency that Julius Randle was signed, that was a free agency. We had Kyrie, we had Kawhi, we had KD. A few other big names and because you know it's next organization you have a lot of reports a lot of media saying this person's coming to the Knicks, that person's coming to the Knicks. um they end up getting randall on a three-year deal at the time the third year was i believe uh, um team option or something like that before they extended him so people had a lot of criticism for the Knicks um before last season started and we all know how last season played out they're a gritty team Coached by Tom Thibodeau, uh, a top defense in the league, and you know got a playoff berth as a result of that. As a result of RJ improving, Randall having a pretty phenomenal year, um and like we said, their defense. Fast forward to this year now, Randall's regressed bad. Like he's regressed. Um, I don't know. It's like a full 360, and it, we're not we're not gonna go straight to the stats about it because it, it's. 100% what Rob just said it's demeanor it's like his attitude out there his his shot selection it's how early in the game you want to kill your 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 team by shooting threes when you're shooting a career low for threes and and you know that um and on a defensive minded team it's not always playing defense you see the different amount of energy out there when you have these young guys out there in limited minutes because like I just mentioned, it's a Tom Thibodeau coached team. Tom Thibodeau having come from Doc Rivers. These guys don't play young guys. Um, we know that. We know they don't play young guys. Doc and Tom don't. They don't believe in it. Um, they believe in playing their their vets. That's why you got guys like Obi playing nine minutes or like <laughs> like 11 minutes. And, and even during um, a time where Randall's out with COVID, you, you, like it's like tom doesn't want to play obi more than
2: 20 minutes like it's taj the time gibson that... but taj gibson gets his nice 25 minutes like it's 2013 over here <laughs> when i love taj like... gibson but like you know no nah, no nah. I, I was like, surprised prime,
3: prime taj is a you know a great option but prime taj was also a six man so that's
2: right
3: <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you have young guys with young legs and they're not getting any time to you know show like they're not getting time to shine um with the exception of a few guys like maybe Obi um not Obi sorry quickly and Quickly's minutes have been sporadic too like we saw what Quickly could do last year um we've seen a little bit this year but like it's hard to to be consistent when you might get 20 something minutes or a 30 minute game Bruh, and let- then you go back to 9 minutes a game or or a DMP, you know what
1: i'm saying like yo let me let me say something real quick about Emmanuel Quickly there's this there's this big like there's this big debate right now happening amongst like Knicks fans about like whether Emmanuel quickly is like a point guard or not, right? Like, oh, like there's like, oh, should Emmanuel quickly be the starting point guard for the Knicks? Like it, does he have the, 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 you know, the traits to be a starting point guard? Look,
2: I'm,
1: I'm, but even if you were, I'm on team, yes, right. At least in the short term, at least in the short term, but even if you were on the team of no, right. The conversation that is having that is that people are having about Emmanuel quickly when they talk about him as a point guard, where they're like, Oh, like he doesn't do these things that like a Trey Young does or like a Steph Curry does or whatever. It's the wrong comparison. Compare Emmanuel quickly to the point guards on the team. Literally, the best option is Emmanuel quickly. Derrick Rose runs better with the second unit. That's that's why, whenever you see OB having a crazy game, guess what? It's because he's being fed by Derrick Rose. That's what's been missing too. Derek obi's minutes have mm-hmm. gone down with, with along with derrick rose's injury hopefully derrick rose will be back by the end of february there's reports that he'll be back after the all-star break but that could be huge for obi Toppin as well and his minutes but emmanuel Quigley should absolutely be the starting point guard of this team the fact that tom thibodeau because i want to say that clear as day too i'm putting a lot of i'm putting a lot of of fault on on um julius Randle. we also got to put fault on tibbs tibbs lacked of, of, of adjustments and, and playing the guys who need to play. Like, why are we running 10, 15 games with Alec Burks starting at point guard when Alec Burks has never been a point guard? Like what like,
3: ever, ever, Probably like, junior I high don't school. understand.
1: I don't understand. And then it turns to a point where like, yo, even if Emmanuel quickly goes out there, right. And he struggles for two games. Guess what? I don't care. I don't care because he's young Run him for 20 games. I don't care. Like, like, why are we taking young guys out? Of their potential roles, two games in, like oh, like Obi has said it himself. He feels like extended pressure. Like, like he feels like he, like one thing, one thing goes wrong and he's out the game. But yet we got Julius Randle doing eighteen things wrong and playing right. the entire game. Like I don't get it. Like, give yeah. these guys a longer leash.
2: Honestly, Rob, you know it's the best point you made out of that whole that whole lecture you just gave. Trading Julius Randle is the best option for the Knicks um that was gonna be that's not really a hot take for me either I just feel like Randall's one of those guys where he's I call him I I always call it the error in a follow rule. right the guy's gonna put up points he'll put up his numbers but like his numbers don't impact the game whatsoever and I feel like with Randall like yeah he he had the same problem in New Orleans he ran dry on a lot of the guys in that locker room he didn't want to really play as a team he wanted to be more individualistic at times take contested Mid range jump shots. It's a pet peeve of mine with him too. But quickly should be the starting point guard. Barrett should be the two or the three. I don't care where they want to put him, no matter what. Because if you want to get Quentin Grimes, time too. And Mitchell Robinson, I mean, you have a legit five. That dude can legit, um that dude can legit, you know, rebound, defend the whole nine yards. And that's why I think the Knicks have something, right? I mean, they could be anything from a second round playoff team from the time this season. Or they could be a, a team missing the playoffs. That's really been the kind of two sides in the New York Knicks so far this season. But I, I don't know what you'd be able to get for Randall in the open market right now. I don't know what well, team would be willing to get that. But I think moving him is probably the best option for New York right now.
3: Listen, we're talking about Randall. We've been talking about a person that plays a different position all season, Westbrook. And when you look at these two players this season, just forget about positions. Um, they, they're, they're parallels of each other. Um they both have at times decent counting stats, but extremely inefficient and and turnover prone. Randall's at what 18 and a half a game, Russ is at 18.9. Russ is at seven rebounds a game, Randall's at nine. Russ is at seven assists, Randall's at five. They both average around four turnovers a game, both shooting under 45 from the field and 30 from three. They're hurting their teams in, in similar ways. And making boneheaded decisions and low IQ plays and um yeah you trade Randall for the first good package you get you don't you don't jump at just trading him for anything because what does that do for you what does that get you um you have a lot of things to solve by 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 having that situation arise so and 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 problem solving for the Knicks is not as easy as people make make it seem especially from the outside you just think like you know the Knicks should do this. Knicks should do that. Um, last year, it's Randall brought them back to life. This year, it's get rid of Randall immediately. Like things don't work like that. Um, so it, there's a lot of questions to me, and Randall's the biggest question. But I still have questions with Tom Thibodeau, like we were just saying with these rookies. Like, yeah, I don't think his job's safe right now. The Knicks haven't been, and I think the only reason he's a little bit comfortable is because the free agency market for coaches is horrible right now. Right and he has a team playing defense and let's be real every team in the NBA doesn't play defense though they dropped off from last year on a night-to-night basis if you don't play defense for him you're gonna get you're not gonna get minutes so that's that's something that you can look forward to as a Knicks fan it's always great to have your team playing defense I'll tell you that but you know outside of that like it's it's not just Randall as the question but what I'll say is the previous questions of this organization to me at least isn't a question anymore. I think the Dolan thing was overblown. I was a, a huge critic of, of of James Dolan. And um Abe had brought it up in his thing in the beginning. Um, I don't think he's been as hands-on as people make it seem. I just think he's had some bad hires, bad coaching hires, bad um, Oh, it's an image. It's hunt. an image issue, it's, really. a, it's an it's an image thing because he he's I'm sorry about that. He's not a basketball guy. So it's like he hasn't been like what you would say the owner of the Cowboys has been. He just right. has been hiring bad people. And I think right now he has a a a pretty good front office. I can't call them great because they they've only been in for a few years, but but they they've been doing as much as they can. So I'm looking forward to the trade deadline, but let's let's be real here. If Randall's not traded, we can't just jump down the Nixon's throat because it's about what they get in return. What right. what can help these young guys progress? What can help RJ progress? And before I get off this, what can get Zion Williams to the Knicks quicker?
2: I think they actually, New Orleans and New York could help each other out a lot. Even if the Knicks wanted to say, fuck it, we'll trade for Brandon Ingram. I mean, that could also be not, I don't call that out of the realm of possibility either. If I'm New Orleans, I would make an effort to get him too, if I can. I mean, Barrett and Ingram, that's, a, that's two scoring wings on the outside in a division that, you know, there's a lot of good scoring players. You have the, the Nets with Kyrie and, and KD and even Harden for now. I mean, we'll skip Philly. They still have Joe and Bead, but I mean, we'll skip Philly for now. Boston has Tatum and Brown. Even Atlanta has you know Trey Young and, and and that core of shooters offensively. Cleveland's got their their young guards if they decide to keep them together. So like, there you always need scoring, and I think with the Thibodeau team, I wouldn't worry about as much defensively. He's going to figure it out defensively. But I mean, even if like in the around the draft time, like OKC for example, uh, the Magic. Detroit I mean any of those teams have enough to at least offer the Knicks one or two pieces that could at least be complementary, which is all they really need I mean I don't think they need Randall to trade him and get someone that can you know give you the the same kind of player but I feel like um at least somebody that can um you know contribute I mean if they get like Robinson Earl from OKC right for example and another guard that's something that could help a, a, that New York, for example, Wendell Carter, maybe even Richard Robinson. I don't know how I like that idea, but I mean, there's, there's enough going around where I think a draft time trade is definitely going to help the Knicks. But I mean, considering the fact that the Knicks are actually building with youth and actually sticking with it and not just like relying on like, you know, big time free agents to be lured over is a great strategy. It's something that they should have done a long, long time ago, right after the first mellow, when they should have reset the first time for mellow, mm-hmm. not like, you know, 2017 but the knicks are on a good track i mean i think i like quickly i like burks i like grimes i think they're all serviceable they just need a, a, a true small forward and honestly someone that can just man the floor from randall because randall's just a turnover machine
3: i agree about the true small forward part um
2: that that'd be a good help that's why i think ingram would actually might be a better piece than zion for that i think RJ's just team because more if rj
3: At the two, and you know, at the three against certain matchups, you know, whatever. But I think he's a a great two, um, a a fit for that position.
2: And I mean, look at Ingram's not going to stay in New Orleans. I mean, I I can't see him really being comfortable in that situation because obviously, I mean, it's not that he's not a lead guy, it's just I always worried about him in a big market with Ingram because he always kind of seemed like he was just kind of like, you know, leave me alone. I just want to play my ball and move on, not like a Kyrie, but like more a different kind of style. And I think in the Knicks, like. That's a good locker room for him to be in because RJ will be the vocal voice. And as long as Thibodeau's there, he'll have Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson. I think that's a good place for him to be. L.A., with the way the Lakers were, as Osahan and I have mentioned before, as Abe and I have mentioned before, the Lakers in that area, they had a lot of young guys, but it was a toxic environment because of the expectations. The Knicks won't have the same expectations. I think the New York Knicks fans, as Rob said before, they're buying into the youth. But I think now it's like, where's the transition? Where's the next step? And I think those there are some teams in the East that have had trouble taking the next step. Atlanta is in the same position the Knicks are in right now. And I would say the same for Atlanta. Like, they got to find out who their core is and build around those guys. And it's hard when you have contracts. But I don't think the Knicks will have problems moving Fournier or Randall. Like, they can move those guys draft day tomorrow. Done. Pair them with a first.
1: Yeah. No, it's not going to be – look, it's not going to be – an issue for the Knicks. I think I think for the Knicks, even if you look past Julius Randle, I think the Knicks have the pieces right now that they're going to be willing to put up if they do feel that they have a player that they can target. Tonight's game is a is a a lot of people are looking at tonight's game as an audition. Sacramento's playing at MSG. I don't know if uh De'Aaron Fox is going to play cuz I know he was out last game with uh with an ankle injury and things like that. But like a lot of people are looking at this game, Sacramento playing the Knicks tonight as a potential swap. Like I me- like I mentioned before, if the Knicks really felt like, hey, De'Aaron Fox is a guy that we could put at point guard if they felt that way, not saying that they do because there's other guys like a Jalen Brunson who's going to hit free agency at the end of this season who has also been mentioned as a potential target. But if they really felt that way, there is a package that could be, that could be fielded around the Julius Randle because if you look at a team like Sacramento, he fits perfect for them. Sacramento already has two good guards in Davion Mitchell and, and uh, Tyrese Halber, and who they yeah. could who they could build around they can get a big man who can actually score better than the big men that they have. Like, and, and honestly, look, get Julius Randle out of New York. Some people say, Oh, like you can't handle New York or whatever. I don't know if that's the case with him. I don't want to say that it is or anything like that because the narrative, look, honestly, the narrative of like not being able to handle New York is kind of like overplayed. Like, cause at the same time, it's like, people will say, people. I, I've seen this comment a lot too, because a lot, look, I tried. I really try to defend Julius Randle at the start of the season because he started the season off well. The first seven to 10 games of the season, it was still last year, Julius Randle. He was playing well, right? And even then when he fell into a slump, look, a slump is a slump until it's not a slump. Like when you get to a point, when you get 50 games into the season, I think it's well enough time for me to be like, yo, your play is down heavy, fam. Like your play is like we 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 looking like you looking like Los Angeles Lake or Julius Randle right now like like what are we talking about like your play? He's is looking down. like he's
2: looking like Dallas Mavericks Antoine Walker right, right now. That's that's no, the, like that's look, the sadness. His his honestly. play is down. His his yeah. play I'm is a, down. I'm right? gonna have
0: to cut you off. I'm gonna have to cut you off. Um, mainly because we
4: have to let Osahan
0: Osahan.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Osaan needs to pull
4: his weight. So <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I need to pull my weight. You're silly for that, Abe. Um, uh, looking at this, uh, I mean, there's not much I could elaborate on, on top of what already has been said. I think the thing I do appreciate though, about this next team is the effort to let the young guys play, but the, the whole Julius Randall situation, trust me, I was a Julius fan when he was in LA and I've always had this beef. If you've listened to anything I've, uh, I've said either on this program or on Osen Abe, when it comes to the Lakers, uh, my beef has been with the Lakers. The inability to let the young guys play, particularly with a LeBron James on the roster, it is what it is. We all know. But I think the comparison of to say that, that playing in, in New York is difficult, I think that is an overstatement compared to playing in LA next to LeBron James. I think moving like a Brandon Ingram over there now makes sense. Uh, I think he's at a place in his career mentally where he can handle it. He said this, he's been on record in saying this, that he just wasn't ready. For a place like LA at the time he was in his career. I think where he's at right now is a perfect space for him to walk into that situation over there in New York. I think my question though is for for all of y'all, is and I, I know okay, the Knicks shouldn't go out and just grab, you know, any old free agent, but if there's one free agent you could look at and say, if if the Knicks could get that guy or or pull a trade for that guy, he would be that glue guy to help. Like, bring this all together for this team. Who would that be?
2: Mm, I mean, I like what Rob said earlier, Jalen Brunson. That dude would be a, that's like a New York, when I think of New York Nick point guard from back, back in the day, Brunson fits that, fits that description. Like, is that play for the Knicks though, right? He could be like a Mark Jackson, like kind of point guard. Like, that's kind of what Brunson is. But like, he gives you that brunt on both sides. And if Tibbs is going to be the guy, Brunson defends and he can run the point, he can yeah. facilitate um someone like van vliet if he were available via trade if toronto decided to just okay we'll reset but i don't know if toronto's really going to want to do that uh with scotty Barnes looking promising so i mean there it it depends on the right trade partner but i think free agency like Brunson's, a name that jumps to mind especially like now you have a one that quickly can be a six man with grimes now you have a deep six man unit with that if you were to keep the roster currently constructed
1: yeah no brunson brunson is like a Brunson is is a short-term target. Like Brunson like again, you mentioned Fred VanVleet. I don't think the Knicks can trade for a VanVleet, but Brunson is a VanVleet type. Like he is the same kind of player. He's going to demand um a similar contract. Uh I, I it's it's going to be a little less because remember VanVleet signed his deal with Toronto already being a champion and the things that he had done in the playoffs and things like that. So he got a I think it was like a 3-year deal. I think Brunson is probably going to demand the same money amount, but it's going to be a four-year deal. So it's going to be less um annually. But he's probably he's going to demand around $20 million a year, like come this offseason. He probably deserves to be paid that money. Like his his uh his ascension is 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 headed, you know, towards that way. But I, you know, I'm the type of person where because this is my team, I look at it from a short term and a long term, right? If you're asking me long term, Long term, I'm not. I'm not here to to talk like specifics of contracts and things like that. I'm just going to tell you these are the guys that the Knicks like have to be in conversation for. I've said it from the start. Look, y'all can te- y'all can say me and Jabari and Abe have had this conversation a hundred times already. People can say whatever they want. You you can have whatever opinion. It's fine. But no one will convince me that Zion Williamson does not want to be a New York Nick. Like. That it that is on the table, people. Like, and at the very least, even if something happens along the line that he does not end up as a Nick, my point is, I have never felt, even when the whole KD to to the Knicks conversation was happening. No, I have never felt more confident about us having a seat at the table and actually discussing a contract with a with a superstar level free agent as I do with the Zion Williamson. I think if he wants his way out of New Orleans. If 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 a tra- if he's go- I think the Knicks are going to be you know if he demands a trade I think the Knicks are going to be one of the one of the teams on his list and if he something were to happen along the lines you know where he does get to that point where he rejects the New Orleans extension and hits free agency earlier than expected I do think the Knicks are going to be a team that he talks to now if you ask me for another couple guys I think Donovan Mitchell. Again, Donovan Mitchell's situation, a little bit more complicated because he's already under contract extension with Utah. But if it got to the point where he demanded a trade, people, let's not be naive. The connections are there. I'm not saying, again, not saying it's guaranteed, but I'm saying the connections are there to at least start a conversation and put pieces together. The, the I'm telling you, it's a different Knicks team now. Before the problem was, everyone wanted to throw out big superstar names and say, oh, who are the Knicks gonna get? Who are the Knicks? And to get to that point, there was a complicated route. There's not a complicated route anymore. Knicks have contracts to move. Knicks have, Knicks have like what, like seven, there are seven first round picks in the, in the next like four years or something like that. Right. Like, I think they just traded one or whatever, but they have the first round picks to move. They're also not a team that's as committed to the long-term to those picks. Because again, people are looking at this from the wrong way, like, like how we've been talking about right now. People talk about getting rid of Julius Randle, right? Stop looking at Obi Toppin as the Julius Randle replacement. The Julius Randle replacement is R.J. Barrett. The, per, the person, the person right. who is going to be the leader of this team is R.J. Barrett. Obi Toppin's responsibility is not to replace Julius Randle statistically because R.J. Barrett will handle that. Okay? His job is to become potentially the starting four of this team and, and play your role. Like, let's be real, guys. We watch Obi Toppin play. He's he's a pick and roll type of player. Obi Toppin should be driving to the to the basket 25 times a game try to get him as many dunks as possible like like he legit is the type of dude who could literally put up a 30 point 40 point game just off of dunks like it's that easy for him if Obi topping gets past you yo he's dunking on you fam like like hit like he's he's jumping over you easy i mean this is a guy who if he really wanted to yo go out and win the next three or four or five dunk contests. like they cheated you out of a trophy last year like hey yo go go back and dunk contest and get get the trophy now like but i'm just saying like people look at things the wrong way. Like, stop comparing the Knicks players to the to the wrong person. Like, again, because a lot of fans are talking like that. Like, every time Obi goes out and have a bad game, they'll be like, oh, man, this is the guy that y'all want to replace Julius. Obi only had five points. Like, th- 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 who cares? The yeah, that's not a fair comparison. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, There's Obi, Obi, Obi don't players. even need
2: the ball. Obi don't even need the ball to be effective. At all. That's that's why I think if they, if, if as I proposed with the Ingram move, right? Ingram I think might be even a dark horse candidate as well, because you would ch- you would play differently, but you would also be a team that now you have two guys who on the perimeter can get shots anywhere they want to, and that right. is and, and that is a variable that I think that that would be a game changer for someone like Tibbs, right. right? No, so and they, to they need to add the look, at side. the
1: at the end of the day they need to add a baseline good. Look before something huge like a Zion or a Donovan Mitchell or whatever happens. The Knicks have to add another substantially good player. Maybe not a star level player, but again, like we mentioned, a Jalen Brunson or something like that. They have to add another solid player to this group of young guys that they already have to continue to build towards something. And again, the the people that you add now, remember, just be smart about the contracts. That's all it is, right? If you give Jalen Brunson a deal. You want it to be a friendly deal because Jalen Brunson potentially can be a guy that gets moved when a superstar player becomes available, right? Like he's a good level player that could potentially like carry some value in a trade package. Like it's just those types of things, man. It shouldn't be that difficult. Like it should really come down to just adding as many good players as you can to this team and just on, on the right deals so that when the time comes, they're easily movable. Like, my thing is just, like, stop falling in love with with every person that gets added to the Knicks. Like, I know that we're, like, a passionate fan base and stuff, but, like, stop falling in love with every single player. You have to realize very early on that there are some players that are not part of our long term. It's fine if you love them in the short term, but you have to be, like, willing to just rip off the Band-Aid and, and, and just understand that there are certain players that when the time comes to actually compete for a title just cannot be here for us to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, Rob, Rob nailed it. As far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. And shit, yeah, this
0: might as well be called 247 Knicks, huh? Cause
2: uh <laughs> Knicks no, we could no no we could we
1: could switch up the time. It, well like, you know, it, <laughs> it was a well needed it was a well
2: needed discussion but there's, there's a couple of NBA news blurbs. Yeah I'm sure. But um all
0: right then guys well you've heard you've heard heard <laughs> everybody's thoughts regarding the Knicks um well into detail. So you know some some things that we'll react to. Durant is missing the All Star game. I'm pretty sure we all feel like he might as well take that rest, unless anybody feels differently. Look,
3: what you just said was what I was gonna say. I don't care about the All Star game. Um, <laughs> I'm more like, off, yeah. I, if anything, I'm more concerned with the fact that he was picked. That's that's really it. As a think. captain, right? Yeah, and even even captain aside, like when you go back and look at, you know, when he's gone and and not playing basketball anymore, he was an All Star this year and. That's all that really matters. I don't care if he plays in the game or not. I think it's a better situation for us that he can like kind of load manage his injury, because at that point, he'll be close to coming back as far as schedule goes. But why take that risk for what, you know, so I'll keep that short. Um, Not really much to talk about. I don't care if he plays in an all star game. Um, I guess I'd say I hope team Durant wins. I don't even care about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, why would uh, the Nets be worried about Durant right now? I mean, you don't need him until after St. Paddy's Day. As far as I'm concerned, you preserve him and you keep him on the back.
3: When is St. When, when Paddy's Day again?
2: Well, I mean, other than March 14, 17th. Uh, is Oh, it's March? Okay,
3: well, I think yeah.
2: we, I, I'll take him before that. Yeah, you, you just want to hit stride, you know, right before the playoffs start. I mean, that's that's really the key, and I think that's why you need Kyrie back full time, too. Hopefully by then they'll have it figured out. That's the really the only thing with the Knicks. Prayers uh, up. Not not the Knicks, the Nets. I mean, sorry, <laughs> wrong New York team now. It's the All better right. New
4: York
1: team now.
2: Trash. <laughs> oh,
1: violence! Violence! Brooklyn everywhere. ain't winning, bro. Brooklyn ain't winning. I will put money on it. Brooklyn, Brooklyn ain't winning in the next two years. Before we get off this
3: conversation. um, I don't know about ten years, but Brooklyn's winning the chip before the New York Knicks organization. Nah, I'm just does. saying.
1: No, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine if y'all do. It's fine if y'all if y'all do. I you just know that I go by specific conversations. I go by the whole the KD and Kyrie going to Brooklyn narrative. They got the four years of their first contract. That's it. You don't win a title in these next two seasons. I don't want to hear nothing. Like go on and win your titles after that. But
3: that's fine. That's don't fine. mention
1: don't mention the Knicks and convos for nothing. Right? I, I just and want We gone. gotta see because yo Kyrie first of all. Hey yo Kyrie. At some point, you all have to make a decision or something, or the league will have to make a decision because if they don't change their vaccine stance, then like Kyrie Look, gotta figure his shit out. And if, Harden if,
4: could Kyrie retire was... during the
3: season. Nah, he ain't retiring. <laughs> and the mm-hmm. thing with him
1: is it's hard He, he wants it's to play hard hard basketball. Staying,
3: he, we'll get to Harden, but Kyrie wants to play basketball. Um, I, does, I don't know. I don't know if his decision changes the way he, he he's been uh, you know, speaking about it on and off.
1: I think he's trying to
3: yeah outlast the law
1: he wants to hoop <laughs> pretty much he, no no he wants to hoop i'll make that clear he wants to hoop i'm just saying right now there are restrictions in place by both him and the league that are just not allowing that to happen he wants to hoop but it's not happening at this time and again if pardon leaves at some point then it becomes a situation if he leaves, like, we,
3: we got to return don't forget that
1: it's a it's a oh, sign I a mean, trade 100 i mean that's true that that's true too but i'm just saying like kd
2: well, well then philly better give you tyrese maxi oh tyrese. And then, so. look if harden goes one.
1: to
3: philly and maury being the harden super fan that he is um we're 100% getting back simmons i don't know yeah, what to. the rest they'd i don't care to. for their picks i want I Maxie. mean, simmons and
2: maxi would be the two players, Ma- players if I'd that
3: do. if that highlights the trade i'll be fine if they don't want to do it and we get Simmons to buy. I don't know how that works out. Contract, yeah. No, I think I
1: think <laughs> that'd be a lot of money. Give, I, don't yeah, they yeah, give I don't think I don't think we can go for Maxie. Tobias. Yeah, I don't but think I don't, I I don't think they give Simmons and Maxi in the same deal, though. I think they I think no. they, they they willingly for give Simmons.
2: No, no, they I'm they might saying, have, no. have to though because no, Simmons they, has they, no value, no, no. they don't got a choice.
1: I mean, I'm just saying, like, they're gonna try to hold on to Maxi who else they gonna get? I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying I my feeling is they're gonna try to hold on to Maxi as much as they can. That's just that that's just my feeling. Yeah,
3: I like because they,
1: they've been trying to hold out on Maxi on, on packages. Like, I know you're getting James Harden for sure. Ben Simmons ain't even a question. Like, if like like if people are like, oh no, nah, we getting James Harden without giving Ben, like, stop. Like, you you should be you y'all should be putting Ben Simmons on the on the train and sending him over to Brooklyn from Philly because like, yo, like get Ben Simmons out because y'all need value for something. Not for nothing, but yo, and B not getting enough credit for what he's doing with Philly this year. No, like
3: not. He's, he's getting just, credit he's on carrying. this podcast. Yeah, I mean,
1: is. well, yeah, yeah. Like, but I'm, but I'm saying like, you know, general, general yeah, people yeah, talking nice. about it. Like, All right, gentlemen. Like, all right.
0: Wait,
3: gentlemen. Let also say we got to say about. Um,
1: we don't care what Osa has to say. That joke. That We don't care.
0: <laughs> First of all, ladies and gentlemen, while it was already, we know, one of the all-star uh, starters being Kevin Durant, but we're going to talk about the rest of the all-star starters. Uh, and just to let everybody know in the East, Kevin Durant, your captain. Giannis, Joel, Trey Young, DeRozan, Indy West, LeBron, Nikola, or Joker, Andrew Wiggins, Chef Curry, and John ja Morant. Gentlemen, and we're going to start off with you, Osan. How are we feeling about these All-Star selections?
4: I'm okay with them. I, I think I am. The The Andrew Wiggins slander, I think, is unmerited. People act like I think people are looking at Andrew Wiggins as if this is uh, Minnesota Timberwolves Andrew Wiggins as if this is the Andrew Wiggins that we saw when he first got traded to Golden State. Make no mistake about it, Golden State, Golden State did what Golden State did without Clay Thompson, with Andrew Wiggins quietly filling that that Clay Thompson scoring void up until this point in the season. I get it. Some folks are like, well, what about Draymond? Draymond hurt, like. It's the same thing. Hear me, I want to say it's the same thing as the Kevin Durant situation. Like, both dudes are hurt. We don't want to see you in the All-Star game. We don't even – you shouldn't even be on the roster at this point. So the Andrew Wiggins slander, I feel, is unfounded and unmerited. Let's never forget there's always space for players who uh, – if the All-Star game, aside from the the stupidness with the fan voting, because even Ennis Cantor, his mama named him Cantor, I'm going to call him Cantor, is out here getting All-Star votes. Like, let, let's – That's that's the f- – But a player like an Andrew Wiggins who has been performing this season, who has put up the numbers, having a career year and is helping a Warriors team be as good as they are. I'd expect the Warriors to be this good this soon. Um, I fully believe he deserves it. Everyone else on those all-star rosters. Cool. But I'm like Jabari at this point with the all-star game. There is nothing about the all-star weekend anymore that excites me or intrigues me. Even Cole Anthony. Being announced as being a part of the dunk contest does not excite me. The dunk contest lost its flavor for me with that the, the, the last situation when Aaron Gordon got robbed. Okay. I'm done with All-Star Weekend, just officially done. Unless y'all, unless they pull some out the hat, even the rising stars challenge, the new little wrinkle they threw in. I'm not excited about that. At this point, I just want to see cats hoop throw the All-Star Weekend out the window and give me a mid-season tournament or something. But I, I'm not excited about All-Star Weekend anymore.
2: That's fair, Osahan. I think, uh, you know, the All-Star Weekend is basically just a, a – spect- it's, it's like a it's like a carnival. You know, everyone just enjoys, has a good time. It may or may not mean any to, anything to anybody. Where's in the funnel cake then? I
4: need funnel cake if it's a
2: carnival. <laughs> hey, I'm down to bring some funnel cake for that. But, um, yeah, I think with, with Wiggins, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was down in Minnesota. He finally found his niche. He's the only – I mean, let's face it. He finally found his spot. Some guys, they take a couple years to find their game. And he's just one of those guys that, again, he found the right spot, found the right place to go. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Warriors do going forward with him, Clay Thompson and Draymond at the forward spots with with, uh, Steph Curry. And hopefully they get Wiseman back. That's going to be an interesting starting five come playoff time. Nobody's going to really want to play Golden State. Uh, But, yeah, Wiggins deserves it, no doubt about it. Um, I'm a little surprised John Morant over Chris Paul because, I mean, Chris Paul, you know how we always say the All-Star game tends to be like a legacy vote? I figured Chris Paul would get a legacy vote and be the starting guard with Curry. I would have loved to have seen him and Curry on the court at the same time, uh, at least for a temporary part of time. But other than that, I mean, no surprises from the All-Star game. DeRozan deserves his nod, though, that's for sure. DeRozan, DeRozan's having a big year in Chicago, despite the fact they're sliding right now.
3: Pretty lackluster. It's not really controversial. The, the, the talk has been Angie Wiggins. The selection doesn't really bother me if you watch – Golden State this year and if you look at the numbers he's he's not he's not a bad pick um a, a bad replacement pick at least with the Eastern Conference now there hasn't been as much talk about you know snubs or anything like that as far as starters go but I have heard um there were a lot of people that thought Levine should be in over Trey Young I'll let you know whoever wants to argue that argue that I think neither would um bother me if it was Levine it wouldn't bother me and being that it's trade, it doesn't bother me. But the other selections, aside aside from katie um, Giannis, Embiid, and Demar, um, greatly deserve that selection. I don't think, I don't even think we could really argue that or put anyone above them in those conversations. So, um, I hope for a good game. I don't know. I'm not really expecting it. And low key, since we were talking about All Star Weekend, low key. The three-point um, contest excites me more than anything else lately. I just I just like seeing a good competition, and it's hard to fake making shots. You know, it's hard to it, – it'd be a good competition out there. You know, it'd be close. So that's what I look forward to. The rest, I just hope for. That's all.
1: Yeah, no, they were a good mix of of the people that were selected for the All-Star game. I think the thing that stood out to me is just, one, like the injuries I think that's what helps a guy like Andrew Wiggins, right? There's not, there weren't the names that would usually be available for the forward positions were not available for the West. So that's why a guy like Andrew Wiggins has a more easily accessible route um, to, to, you know, make the all-star game. And I don't know, I don't know, but the format kind of throws it off for me too, because ever since they changed the format now to, you know, you have the two and the three, and then the, the reserves are two, three, and then two wild cards. It's like, yo, First of all, like, the only reason that people are realistically hating on Andrew Wiggins is because, like, because of that positional, like, change, like, a I guy agree. like Luca is on the bench, right? <laughs> like, where, where realistically everyone knows, like, Luca's better than, like, a Andrew Wiggins, but, like, he's on the bench because of that, like, positional change because they classify him as a guard this year um, and things like that. But, like, that also makes it complicated because um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but, like, I was looking through... Like the list of like you know like oh who would I send like as reserves like for example right so like I was looking at like the Eastern Conference and I know like KD's gonna be hurt so I would imagine that it got that either a Tatum or a Jimmy ends up being like uh KD's replacement right and then whoever <clears throat> isn't the replacement is gonna be a reserve um and then I had a, I had a couple more uh I had a couple more guys in there um I think I had like Harden going Levine going um, as the two. Uh, Guard, Yeah. Like B is also um, um, a possibility in there. And, but then it was just, I found myself like naming too many guys who I didn't know, like whose stats are just way too close and whose teams are just doing way too close. Like if you see for like, there's probably going to be like one wild card spot in the, in the East, right. Where you're talking about like LaMelo, Darius Garland, Van Vliet, like Jalen Brown, like those. That's
3: a tie race,
1: you know, like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, for those four that's there's probably going to be one spot for those four right like it's just like it's a really tight race like i don't know because oh one has a slight advantage in points per game one has a slight advantage in pr one you know like one has a slight advantage in field goal percentage like it's just like the stats are too close though it's just like right. they're 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 all like they're all kind of like similar similar guards like so i don't, I don't know like the east is going to be very interesting to see i mean how you're still darius
2: garland out. darius garland's another name that i like
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how you can really leave him out with the someone. I
1: I think someone had said that there was like there was a picture or something that had leaked about like LaMelo being one of the reserves or something. I don't I don't know if it it, it, it was another one that.
2: But, because of the fanfare he can drive in, he's a big name to have at the All-Star yeah, game. So. I, I, think,
1: I think because of a leaked picture, I think people said that LaMelo is one of the reserves for the for the um, Eastern Conference. But again, if LaMelo's a reserve, that means a, a guy that's similar to him, probably a Garland or a Fred Van Vliet or something like that, is probably going to be left out.
2: Which is wild. I mean, this year has been really crazy with a lot of the injuries, the COVID protocols, everything else. I mean, look at the Clippers. They have Kawhi and George yeah. out. So, I mean, that opens up for the West. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a lot – there's just a lot of good players. You don't really want to, like, spite one because you're like, I like this guy, but, like, this guy's played better this year. It's harder in the West than the East. East, there's a lot of good players that are going to miss out, but in the West, it's like – there's a lot of guys that, yeah. like, out East, They probably I probably wouldn't be having this conversation. But, like, there's some guys in the right. West that are like, well, okay, now we have to actually talk about this because, I mean, Lillard's been out, McCollum's been out.
0: Some people um, have – I've seen a little discourse on social media – They weren't really feeling the job pick. But let's keep in mind that when we look at how voting is determined, 50% comes from fan voting. So, of course, they have heavily influence, but it's also the players in the media. John Morant got second place amongst the player vote, second amongst the fan vote, and second amongst the media vote when it came to Western Conference guards. So everybody wanted him. (laughs) It's just like... Majority yeah. of people, so hard right. to really complain. Right, you know, look at uh, someone like Andrew Wiggins, he was fifth uh, amongst players, he was third in the fan vote, and sixth in the media vote. That, the that's the conference that's, front court. That,
3: that doesn't sound like bad numbers for Wiggins,
0: no? That that people really people have him top yeah. five amongst the front court, it, you know, like that that is big news. That is they will they say again. they
3: say Golden State. Um, has a at sometimes when it comes to voting, at least like a biased fan base, and they'll run up the numbers. But when you look at what you just said about the player votes and and everything aside from the fan votes, like seems like Wiggins has garnered some yeah. more respect from his peers than in previous years. Exactly.
2: Mellow exactly. Mello got 1.9 million votes, as he should, as he should. <laughs> Max.
1: Carmelo Anthony, yeah. So Brandon <laughs>
2: Ingram, hey, uh, sidebar. So Brandon Ingram, only 500. Fifteen thousand votes, and you know I'm a little shocked at uh, how product little... of the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean that's that's really low for him. And then Rudy oh. Gobert only seven hundred sixty-seven thousand. Back... Yeah, Another... and, and it just brings up the point that Bryson made in that podcast a couple of weeks ago. Like nobody wants to see Gobert in the All Star game. <laughs> nobody wants to see Gobert in the
3: All Star game. Nobody wants to watch Jazz games. Nobody likes their court. Um, I don't know.
1: There's a lot of things going <laughs> on.
0: <laughs> so, um, speaking of jazz, yeah, we have some some big news to share. Um, Oof. as as we head on outside, Joe Ingles torn ACL out for the season. Um, a couple episodes ago, or at least the last episode, Jabari, if you remember, you spoke on the jazz and how they like they like shooting, they like scoring. You know, yeah. from a consistent person. Losing Joe Ingles further exacerbates that point for you. And so, how do you look at this Jazz team now? What are what are their decisions that they need to make moving forward? As a result of this injury, they're infinitely
3: worse. Joe Ingles is a player that steps up in the postseason when they need it the most. Like literally, when they need it the most, he he steps up. Also, he's 34, so this this could be the end of Joe Ingles being as prominent on a contending team it could be the end of that like he he's not gonna play probably next year um unless he has a great recovery but even if he does come back he'll be extremely limited he'll be let me see he'll be 35 turning 36 when he returns so i think if he does have a remainder of an nba career it's gonna be on a role player level a role player level. Um, Utah needs to look into plugging in that 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 gap expeditiously and it ain't the answer ain't Royce O'Neal you could give Rudy Gay some more minutes finally but it ain't Royce O'Neal um I didn't like Utah in the first place as a contended team this year I think they've just xed themselves out the equation in my opinion Joe Ingles
4: number one is the greatest PE teacher to ever put on a basketball uniform this this man here has given hope to PE teachers all across the country. Now, but in all seriousness, he was a primary facilitator for this team. Like, let's not forget that. And even though their offense is limited, still primary facilitator. I think this opens up, although he's not, it's not, he's not going to be, you know, carry the load for this team. I think it does open up room for uh, Boyan Bogdanovich to, to go off a little bit. We've seen he's been able to do that in spurts. But this Jazz team, like they're, they'll make the playoffs but they're not going to make any noise in the playoffs, especially losing a Joe. Think about this. The fact that we're saying them losing Joe Ingles is damaging to their ability as a team to be successful and to to make some progress this season is wild. The jazz need to definitely make some moves. Royce O'Neal gives me Andre Roberson from the OKC Thunder vibes. Yeah, the, the Jazz are not in a good way. And and if folks are looking out there saying, well, it's time for Rudy Gobert to step up. Every time you think about mentioning Rudy Gobert making moves during the season or being a factor, remember those tears that came down his face. Those Prince, those Dave Chappelle and the Prince sketch episodes from Chappelle's show, those tears that came down his face when he found out he didn't make the all-star team. Remember that Rudy Gobert. And no, that man ain't doing nothing.
1: You know, when it, come, when it comes to Utah, I think if anything, it's just, It's just driving up the, the conversation that people are having around the, I mean, I don't want to shift this to like Don talk about Donovan Mitchell. Right. But when a player like Joe Engels, who is the third most important player on that team behind a Donovan Mitchell behind a Rudy Gobert goes out for the season, that is a very big hole. Like that is not easy to replace but if anything, it probably does throw, you know, the Utah Jazz into a potential deadline buyer, right? Utah probably has to try to put whatever it has together with some of the side players that they have besides Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert and some of their picks or something and try to put something together to maybe add an additional scorer or something like that. When the deadline comes, I, I don't have any particular player in mind, but I would just imagine that when you lose a guy like a Joe Angles, you're not just gonna like sit there and and hope that your guys just kind of like elevate themselves. But yeah, I mean, for Utah in the long-term, has Utah been any different than, I mean, Utah when they had like Paul Millsap and Al Horford in their prime? Like, or yo, even if we want to go back to like Karl Malone and like the John Stockton days, like the Utah Jazz have always been the Utah Jazz like there's just this wall that the franchise can just like not get over like even with the talent that they have and it's going to turn into a situation where they are th- realistically they're going to have to break up another duo um, to try to build any like this this version of what they try to build its ceiling is a playoff contender like i don't think anyone is looking at the Utah Jazz even when they are at 100% health um as a team that can go head-to-head with a Denver in a seven-game series or a Phoenix in a seven-game series or a Golden State in a seven-game in a, a seven series? Because look, not for nothing, but we were just talking about Andrew Wiggins. Does it, even just the key thing is like, does even, does a player like Andrew Wiggins fit into Golden State's long-term plans? Like people don't talk about the fact that Golden State could just put a package together and trade for another third star to put alongside Curry and Clay and just continue this thing for a few more years if they really wanted to. And if they don't want to, they have the young talent on their team to continue to still be a legitimate championship contender. They have multiple routes. there's way too many there's way too much competition out west for this Utah team just to stay where they're at a middle of the pack team. right now, they're the fourth seed, right? Joe angles right. is out for the season. There's a four and a half game difference between them and an eighth seed Minnesota who with let's be real. Cat and D'Angelo and Anthony Edwards, Edwards yeah. those three guys together are on their way and they're putting together the most success that they've been able to.
2: They took a lot like, of risks.
1: Yeah.
2: Utah's bro. an organization that does not really take a lot of risk and thread the needle. I feel like, and Rob, not to like totally cut you off, but like, oh, go ahead. I feel like this goes back to when they lost Gordon Hayward, right? They've been looking for that ball moving, kind of like a pseudo point guard at the three for since then in all honesty, and there's just nobody in the trade market that can even resemble that skill set because now Ingalls, who kind of plays a little bit like a poor man's Hayward, now you lose that completely, so now when Mitchell's not on the court, you really don't have that tall, ball-moving player on the wing, and that's huge. Obviously, look at the Celtics the year they lost Hayward. uh, You know The the ball movement was a lot different when we lost Hayward that first year, so that's a guy I'll, I'll throw out there, but I don't really know if there's any player. They might have to play differently um right. a name i'll throw out there for utah just because i think it'll give him some shooting at least with the size and i think this player moves the ball pretty well is kelly Olinick from detroit i think Olinick would give him at least something at the four and at least a perimeter threat where he can play that pick and roll with the second unit if gobert is just not being able to use and Olinick's defense has gotten better he's not breaking kevin love's arm anymore so that's 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 a positive right another guy i'll throw out there you know, a place for the Washington Wizards would be Thomas Bryant if they really decided to move on. You get a backup center for Gobert, and you get a guy that maybe you can play them both together. Uh, Bryant can stretch his game out to 20 feet. Maybe that helps. I think Utah needs to play bigger. That might be the only well, – or longer, I should say. Not bigger, longer, because that's the only way. Is they're going to have to play those 87, 85 games that we all remember from the mid-2000s, uh, like the Detroit Pistons, who didn't have that really – they had Rip Hamilton, but they didn't have that second wing scorer they made it work, but they also had Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace as well. I think they need to play bigger or maybe, like, just longer, defend everybody. You know, if you can defend everybody, you can create easy offense that way. But I think Olenek's really the only guy I can think of that could at least give him the production that, that Inglis gave him from a passing standpoint. That's where they're going to miss him the most.
3: Listen, Rudy Gase played 17 minutes, 18 minutes, 17 minutes well, last year. him games. more, will help. He needs him more 25, 28 minutes, I don't know, more minutes. More minutes for Rudy. He's a vet in this league. He's not a dumb player by any means, and he's not injured. And he's not, like, yeah, he's a step slower than, obviously, Prime Rudy, but he's not washed by by any stretch of the imagination, in my opinion. So play Rudy. Hope for the best. Better than Royce O'Neal.
2: Hey, maybe Houston moves (laughs) Eric Gordon. Utah's miracle would be getting Eric Gordon. That might be an upgrade over Inglis, over everything that English can do offensively. But other than those two, other than Gordon and, and Olenek, I can't really think of anybody else they can even get with the guys that they have because I don't know what assets they even have that are attainable. I know Houston's going to want at least a first rounder, and let alone any anybody else. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's tough, especially when it's this close to the deadline on the tenth as well for Utah, and mm-hmm. that hurts. And you don't know if even what about Marcus Morris? If the Clippers decide to just say, "Well, giving up the year," uh, that's another player that actually would kind of. Check all the check marks. But Rudy Gay playing more, that would be the easiest solution to the problem for Utah.
0: That would well, we shall see. We shall see. Um, and with saying that, well, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, this past well, last week, middle of the week, we had the anniversary of the unfortunate passing of Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant, and all the other parents, teachers, coaches that were on. The plane on the helicopter uh, two years ago, it was their their memorial, and we just kind of want to offer a moment of silence because for a lot of the OGs here, we remember just not being able to really record, you know, for for a couple of days for about a week or so. Uh, so we just want to take this moment, just offer our moment of silence for all those who were lost that day, and for those they leave behind for just you know comfort, strength, and, uh, and and some joy in their life, knowing that at least the loved ones are safe and taken care of. So uh, just walk into this moment of silence with me. And that being said, thank you, for all, for all of you for coming through. Uh, what for an, uh, just another fun episode, y'all know the about. It. You know, as as much as I give Osan flag, he, he's he's a he's a he's a decent guy. y'all. he's a decent guy. That being said, thank you, Rob, for coming through. We're looking forward to the return of Diamond Talk. Check out Diamond Talk for all those who are big baseball fans. Um, Rob is uh, the the lead on that. So, uh, Brian, thank you for coming through. thank you for coming through y'all know the vibes. appreciate you guys thanks rob appreciate you hope you have um
3: to have you back soon